Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of AdMail. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of IRA Financial. I'm here to help you find the answers to the most frequently asked questions from my clients about self-directed retirement accounts. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of AdMail. I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. And on today's AdMail, I am going back to the basics. Got a bunch of feedback uh, from all of you, some listeners saying, hey Adam, really appreciate you um, going through some really interesting and advanced questions, but can you do a couple podcasts where you're just dealing with basic IRA and self-directed IRA questions for the newbie. So I said, yeah, let's do it. So the next couple ad mails, I'm going to try to keep the questions pretty basic. So that this way, if you're not a advanced type IRA or self-directed IRA investor, you can still learn a lot and enjoy these podcasts. So let's start with question number one and question number one. These are all basically from social media. Okay, so the first one is, do I have to take Roth IRA distributions? And I got these questions from social media as directly to me. So I don't want to attribute any names because this is essentially a combination of a bunch of questions and I've tried to uh, combine them into three unique questions that tackle uh, a good majority of the, the basic questions I received over the last couple of weeks. So again, just to repeat the first question, do I have to take Roth IRA distributions? So the answer is no. Roth IRAs are a type of IRA created in 1997 by Senator Roth, which is essentially an after-tax IRA. So you don't get a tax deduction for making the contribution, but so long as you're over 59 and a half and the Roth's been open at least five years, whatever you pull out is tax-free. Now you don't have to ever take a distribution from a Roth IRA. There are no required minimum distributions. So when you reach 72, unlike a traditional IRA, where you have to take out approximately 3% of the value of the IRA as an RMD, required minimum distribution, you do not have to take RMDs with Roths. In fact, when you pass, if you're married, the Roth will go tax-free to your spouse. And then when your spouse passes, then the next of kin, your heirs, your children, or other beneficiaries will have 10 years to take the money out as a non-taxable distribution. So the only time there's a required distribution is if you pass and you leave the Roth IRA to a non-spouse, like a child. And then the child has 10 years to pull that money out. It could be pro rata or it could be all in year one or all in year 10, but essentially the Roth IRA needs to be fully distributed by year 10. So to answer your question, during your lifetime, no, you do not ever have to take Roth IRA distributions. If you're married, you can pass the Roth IRA tax-free to a spouse. Only when the Roth IRA is left to a non-spouse does that non-spouse beneficiary have 10 years to take the funds out. Again, there should not be any tax so long as the Roth's been open at least five years and the person whose Roth IRA it is is over the age of 59 and a half. Question two. Is the SEP a 401k plan? So I, I got a bunch of questions on SEPs and 401ks, and there's still a lot of um, uncertainty, a lot of confusion as to what a SEP IRA is. So a SEP IRA is not a 401k plan. 
It's actually an IRA. It looks a lot like a 401k profit sharing plan because a SEP IRA is a profit sharing plan, but it's not part of the 401k family. It's part of the IRA family. So there's different rules that come into play since a SEP is an IRA and not a 401k. Now the similarities of a SEP and a 401k are as follows. A SEP has to be set up by a business. Could be a sole proprietor, could be an LLC, S Corp, C Corp, partnership, LLC. An individual cannot set up a SEP IRA, only a business can. Again, the business could be an individual, but someone who has a full-time job at Apple or someone who's retired or someone who's on disability and has no employment, no business income, self-employed, they will not be able to set up a SEP just like they would not be able to set up a 401k plan. So those at least our one similarity is in terms of eligibility. The second is a 401k plan at least has a profit sharing option, which allows you to put away 20% of your comp if you're self-employed or 25% if you're a W-2 or a guaranteed payment from a partnership up to an aggregate amount of 58,000 bucks. Now the solo 401k has a catch up of 6,500 bucks if you're over 50. So if you're over 50 in 2021, you can put away 64,500, whereas a SEP IRA has no catch up. So you're maxed out at 58,000, even if you're over 50. But they're both profit sharing. At least the 401k has the profit sharing option. So for example, if someone makes $100,000 and they're self-employed under 50, SEP IRA 20% of the 100 or 20,000, solo 401k or 401k 20% of 100. The only difference is the 401k also has something called employee deferrals. Now employee deferrals allows an employee to contribute to the plan, not the SEP, but to the 401k, dollar for dollar, 19,500 or 26,000 if they're over 50. So take someone who's self-employed, has a solo 401k, under 50, makes 100 Gs. The SEP IRA will only give them the 20,000 max, pre-tax. The solo 401k would give them the 20%, the 20K plus the 19,500, giving them a total of 39,500. So you can see why the solo 401k is, is gaining popularity um, and it has for the last 20 years, essentially since the 2001 EGTRA Act, which provided the solo 401k with the employee deferral benefits. Also, a solo 401k is a loan feature. A SEP IRA does not. The solo K will let you borrow $50,000 or 50% of your account value, whatever's less, and use that for any purpose. The, solo, the SEP does not. Both SEPs and solo Ks, you can do alternative assets like real estate or cryptos. So you both, in both instances, you do have uh, alternative asset options. You just need to make sure your self-directed IRA custodian offers alternative assets for your SEP. And in the case of the solo K, make sure your plan has that option as well. Um, from a real estate standpoint, the one other benefit of a solo K is you're able to use leverage i.e. a non-recourse loan to buy real estate without triggering a painful tax known as the Unrelated Business Taxable Income Tax, or UBTI, which can go as high as 37% on the leverage portion of the gains. A solo K has an exemption under the tax code 514C9 that exempts solo Ks who use a non-recourse loan to acquire real estate. So another uh, really nice benefit. The other difference is a SEP IRA, the administration is done by the IRA custodian, i.e. You know, Wells Fargo or Fidelity or IRA Financial, 
With a solo 401k, the business owner is required to file a 5500 uh, EZ if the plan assets are over 250K. If they're employees, then the business has to file a 5500, uh, even if irrespective of plan asset value. So there are some similarities. Both are profit sharings. Both have to be set up by businesses. But all in all, the solo 401k is a much more robust and powerful plan for the self-employed. Third and final question on today's ad mail is, why can I not buy real estate or other alts with my IRA at my brokerage? So I get this question all the time. Um, I didn't want to name names, um, but hey, I have an account at you know, X and Y brokerage firm. I want to buy real estate. I want to buy cryptos. I want to do a private placement. Why can't I do it? And it just unfortunately or fortunately for the self-directed IRA industry and IRA financial, it just comes down to dollars and cents. The big brokerage firms, the big banks, financial institutions, they make money selling products. They make money selling mutual funds, ETFs, stocks, things like that, especially for retirement accounts. Now, when you go buy real estate or do other alts, they're not going to make money on those assets. Yes, more and more larger institutions are now starting to offer certain alt platforms for some of their clients, mostly high net worth individuals. I know a bunch of clients that have accounts with JP Morgan and their wealth management department has an alt platform for IRAs, which includes vetted private equity, hedge funds, um, and other private placements. So alts are gaining more popularity. There's anywhere from two to 5% of IRAs and alternatives. And as of this point, a lot of the big banks and financial institutions acts as, as fiduciaries, they're brokers, they are either RIAs or broker dealers, and they are providing investment advice. So in a lot of instances, they feel it's too risky to also offer alternative asset investments like certain real estate or crypto. So they basically leave that to the self-directed IRA industry, which is good for us. But as alts get more popular, even the large banks like JP Morgan are, are understanding that IRA investors want more options, they want to diversify, they want the ability to, to generate high returns, and they're starting to offer vetted alternative asset investments to certain investors. So that's the good news. Alts are growing in popularity. More and more uh, brokerage firms are allowing certain high net worth clients, generally accredited investor investments, as opportunities. Um, but still, most of your standard broker-dealers, RIAs, will only essentially uh, offer you equity, debt, annuity. They're not going to basically offer you vetted real estate, private equity, crypto uh, investments at this point. They basically just say, go to an IRA financial, go to another self-directed IRA um, company because it's not our expertise. We don't deal with alts. We don't custody alts. We don't want the risk. This is what we focus on. Because their concern is that, hey, if they are an investment advisor providing you investment advice and they have a higher duty of care, standard of care, even potentially a fiduciary responsibility, and you do an aggressive alternative asset investments, maybe in a startup, maybe in a real estate deal, and it goes south, they don't want the liability of you turning around and say, hey, you shouldn't have allowed me to do it. It wasn't in my best interest. It was a risky deal. You should have helped me do diligence. And for them, it's just not worth the risk the, the amount of money they can make on these deals doesn't merit the, the, at least the risk in their eyes. So the self-directed IRA industry is prospering because again, we don't sell investments. So we don't give investment advice. 
and we don't serve as a fiduciary from an investment standpoint. So we simply facilitate investments and it's our business model um, and we don't have to worry about meshing the risk of providing an investment advice with alternative assets since we don't provide any investment advice. So it works out really well for us and it's a complimentary service to many brokerage firms. In fact, we, d we work with hundreds of investment advisors, IRA, broker dealers that send us clients um, who want their clients to get good service, get the clients to have expertise in the area, and they end up sending us the clients. We facilitate the alternative asset deal. And then when the deal's done, the money can go back to the investment advisor. So everyone wins. Investment advisor gives good advice and services to their client. Client hopefully wins in their investment. And then ultimately the money you know, would go back to the investment advisor and then it could go back to traditional equities or, or bonds, things like that. So we work hand in hand with investment advisors. We don't see ourselves as competing with you know, Fidelity's or JP Morgan. We uh, see ourselves as a complimentary service to the investment offerings uh, they're providing or offering their clients. So that's it. Hope you guys enjoyed today's ad mail. Uh, try to keep it simple. Again, if you have ideas for basic IRA, Roth IRA, 401k questions, uh, you just can't seem to find a good answer online, let me know. You can hit me up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, best place, I would say, is the IRA YouTube channel. We get lots of great interaction with all of you over there because you know, we post three of our podcasts weekly there. We post five videos and there's an Adam Live every Wednesday. If you want to check it out on our YouTube channel, just subscribe. It's free. And you'll get notified when I go live. And it's generally each week, 12 noon Eastern Standard Time, Wednesday. And I talk about whatever's going on in the retirement tax investment world. So it's fun. Generally 30 minutes to an hour. You can ask questions. Uh, it's very casual and a lot of fun. So hopefully you'll check it out. Uh, but otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate all your support and uh, talk to everyone again next week. Thank you.